All right, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show, um, episode seventy-seven, and I'm here with uh, my friend Lori. I guess with the last six months, I believe I've gotten to know her um, at Charlotte Rescue Mission, um, where I'm working, and then she comes and volunteers every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend. Um, yes, and have just gotten to know her. I mean, I guess the last month, really, but I've seen her face for six months. So, recording here at her house. Um, so, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. So, I've gotten to know your story and your son Cody's story um, just from you coming in, and then a lot of the guys at the mission are rebound um, that are back for their second, third time, you know. And a lot of people, because of the stigma, you know, are, well, they should get it together. Why are they in rehab this many times? I mean, I was in rehab eight times, but it's not that they're there the third time. It's so they survived the relapse. And that's part of the journey. Yes. And I'm glad that I always tell them I'm glad you're back here. Yes. Um, and I'd love when you see guys that are back, you know, there's one there now and he came up and gave you a hug yep. last weekend. Um but there's a reason that you're at rebound so much. Um, and it's a story that it's close to me. It wasn't my drug of choice, but still, um, hits close to home. So I just wanted to allow you to share your story, Cody's story, and then just for us to have a conversation and sure. bring awareness, um, and, you know, help break that stigma of addiction. Yes. That has been my goal since Cody died. Um, Cody was, I don't know, a normal teenager. He did get into pot and the drinking. Um, he was a senior in high school um, here in Concord, and he was delivering pizza. And he was brutally attacked. Um, and they beat him with hammers. Um, oh, wow. We think, the police think, that it was a gang initiation to kill. Um, so he was brought to Maine. And they rebuilt his whole side of his head. Um, so he has six titanium plates were put in his head. Wow. And that's kind of, he didn't tell me for years later that that's where his addiction to opium started. He was in the ICU recovery wow. um, on morphine and given drug. Uh, Dilaudin? No. Um, the company that produced it. Oh, big! Oh, Oxycontin. Yes. Yeah, and there's a show out right now called Painkillers. I've seen it, yes. And there's another one that came out two years ago. Which is better. I like that one better. I watched Painkillers, but it was too slow for me. Yeah. But both are something that people need to watch. Uh, At least one of them. I agree. I agree, because, I mean, uh, Cody, um, when he couldn't get the pain pills anymore, started using heroin. And see, for me... I've had several reconstructions, three ankles, one wrist. Um, But I remember um, my first ankle reconstruction was in 08. um, And they gave me Percocets, you know, morphine drip. Um, And so I remember my freshman year at college, um, I still had a handful of Percocets because I didn't finish all of them. So I was like, well, let me just take, you know, because I was, had taken two and then three, and I was like, well, oh. let me just take 
So I took five to see how high I could get. And I remember I was on my floor dorm and I didn't get high. And I don't know if it was the Lord being like, nope, or what it was, but that I tried and I was like, I don't know how people enjoy this because I didn't feel it. And it was five. I took five Percocets. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mm. it's very easy from a accident, you yes. know, surgery to get addicted. Um, yes, he um, it was bad. He um, got arrested the first time and um, I knew someone that was a magistrate and I called him. I'd met him at a couple parties and I said, this is what happened. What can we do? And, and he said, get him into rehab because when you go to court a year from now, They'll, they'll look at it as it's going to look really good. Um, so because Cody wasn't covered by our insurance, we found a rehab, a working rehab where mm-hmm. he worked and it was two years and we dropped him off and he wouldn't hug me. He wouldn't say goodbye. He was, he was pissed. Pissed. He was so pissed. And, um, we dropped him off. It was August. We couldn't see him till Christmas. They wouldn't let us up there. It was horrible. And um, when we went up there, he stayed there for two years. Um, he couldn't come home for a year. Um, I wrote him all the time. Um, he didn't write me as much. I was going to say, how much did he write back? <laughs> or when did he me. start writing He didn't back. write me as But that's why I, at um, Rebound, I provide the guys with cards and mail their cards out. Because I had to mail Cody self-addressed envelopes with the let you know, lined paper and because they wouldn't supply him with anything, and I still have his letters, and I made a necklace which I usually have on with his signature "Love, Love You, Cody" mm. uh, from one of his letters. So that's real important to me, and that's something I started at uh, Charlotte Rescue I Mission. Mean, every time, it's Mother's Day, Father's Day. Mm-hmm. I know you've done that, and the guys love it. Yeah, they write to their daughters or yep. Christmas. We did eighty cards. Thanksgiving was the first one last year. Oh, okay. So it's recent. Yeah, we did Thanksgiving last year, Christmas, Valentine's Day. Um, and these guys were like, I don't have a partner. I go, you have someone out there that loves you. Doesn't matter. Mom, dad. Doesn't matter who. Yeah. And then we did, yeah, Father's Day and Mother's Day. We did Easter. Yeah, so any holiday. Um, and this last weekend, y'all did bracelets and there was, <laughs> what, 80? I mean, the you, kitchen was full. It was hilarious. And they we, were talking about it still this past weekend. We went <laughs> to have um, a game night, which we started doing and they in January. Too. And they love game night. And we do home-baked goods. That are amazing. Because um, I always want to spoil them. So I'm like, y'all, we have to do home-baked. Now, there are some people that run to the store and grab stuff. But we try to do the home-baked, you know, bake with love stuff. And um, so we have a plate of food. Yeah, your chocolate eclair is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we Thank you. We just ha- have all these games out and a lot of volunteers. Well, the teenagers in our group wanted to make bracelets. That was and a hit. we opened up <laughs> one table. And then we had to open another table. And this big, huge guy, I'd never seen him before, goes, Will you make me a bracelet? And I go, no, sir, you've got to make your own. So we sat down and his bracelet was Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> they wore, and then the guy next to me, his bracelet said, be weird. <laughs> and it was great. It was. Uh, I mean, they were coming up, showing me their bracelets. Yeah, yeah. I made this for my daughter. Yes, a lot were making and, them for their daughters. Yeah. I mean, and that was the most men yeah. that I had seen 
Yep. On a game night. And yeah. it was for making bracelets. It was it was 27 guys were signed up to play games. Mm-hmm. They knew nothing about the bracelets. And the bracelets took over. Because yep. these teenagers were just going to make some bracelets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had tons of stuff. So we were like, okay, we have to do that next month. Because yeah. it was such a hit. And they love, they're still talking about it. Yeah, so. it, it was great. Um, a lot of them were wearing them. And then a lot, you're right, were making them for their, for their daughters. It was really cute. And the other thing I started right away was, um, so I've been going to grief therapy for the last two and a half years and discovered coloring that is just a stress releaser. So I always have a coloring table. And so when I was that's been a hit too. at Hopeway mm-hmm. in Charlotte, that was the second rehab I was in. We had like art therapy, music therapy, because mm-hmm. um, it was more of a mental health um, right. treatment center. But I remember the art therapy. I'm not an artist. I cannot draw. Yeah. But being in there was it yep. really de- helped me de-stress. Yep. Um, and while I wasn't really talking about trauma, I was able to process it myself through the art. And yeah. um, I might sit there for 30 minutes not knowing what I was going to do. And then it would just hit me and I would be able to draw something. Or Yeah, that table's been a success, too. We just have colored pencils out and markers. And um, because when I started at Charlotte Rescue Mission, Cody was at Rebound twice. And both times he was there, I would call to volunteer because I had Thanksgiving off. I had Christmas off. And if you're there... Or yeah, if you're a resident there, families can only come Wednesday nights. Right. Well, so, because of COVID, he was there during COVID, so they always said no to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could I could never go because it was always COVID. So after he died, I was like, God, how am I going to survive this? And and I reached out to a Facebook grief group, and the second most popular thing was volunteering. So I thought of Rebound. I said I could never volunteer when he was there. I'm going to volunteer. So I called up there. And um, we started doing lunches mm-hmm. in July, year after he had died. And then in September, August, Derek said, hey, do you want to do, you do like a craft activity? He knew we were a bunch of my crew was teachers. And I said, absolutely. I said, what's our budget? And he goes, budget? <laughs> That's what I said. What's our I go, budget? I go, what's our budget? <laughs> teachers, you know. Oh, like, yeah. And he goes, mm, no, you have to do everything. We're like, okay. So we were coming up with crafts that we would do with our students, like pine cones. We did, for Thanksgiving, we did turkey pine cones and owl pine cones. I'm sure they loved it. It was so much fun. And for e- for Halloween, we did the mini pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And by the time we'd packed our stuff up and left, like six of them were on the stoop out front of the shark rescue mission. And we just do... I don't know, just crafts. And I think it's just a stress releaser. A lot of the stuff we do, we think, brings the guys back to their childhood. And that was something you know, just, that, because I used to never smile Yeah. when my addiction, mental health, and I was like, I hope I get that smile back yeah. that I had as a kid. And doing arts, crafts, yeah. games yeah. brings that out. I mean, dying Easter eggs and... We serve homemade rice krispie treats. They're like, oh, I haven't had this since, so good. since my mom made these. With the lucky and, charms yeah. in there. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I try to think of all that stuff to to make it more personalized. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we love doing it. And and the people, I post on my Facebook post. That's all I do is the Cody's Kitchen Crew, 
And that's how I've gotten all my volunteers is through social media. So you didn't know all of them no, with Cody? No, there are some crew members that I have met through friends or Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people are people I know, but yeah, there are some that come that I have no idea who they are. Um, and I have a mother and her son coming from Kinder Morn because she's heard me talk about it now mm. for a year and a half. So she's going to sign up to volunteer, but it's really just word of mouth. And I'll tell you, people that volunteer, they leave on this. We call it our high. It's just mm -hmm. so the men are so gracious and so thankful and so sweet. And I have had so many women and men come up to me as we're walking out and saying, and I said, well, what does the attic look like? I mean, the attic's next to you in church. Right. At right. work. But that's not their picture of an addict. So that's my whole goal is to bring people in there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're so polite. They were so grateful. They're, I'm like, yeah, they're just anyone, anyone, normal street. You're right. Anywhere at work. Yeah. I mean, you can tell some people who are addicts and a yes. lot you can't tell. Yep. Um, so. And they follow y'all to the lobby and walk out with y'all and y'all are the only volunteers that they walk out with. And <laughs> I think, uh, I think we're there so much. And like, after we serve lunch, we go out and talk to them. We sit down at the table. I mean, you're playing um, games with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. We interact with them. Sometimes y'all are louder than them. Yeah. I <laughs> Not you, but <laughs> yeah, there are some, we, I have had loud friends where a lot of us are teachers, but I don't know. It's just, it's been so awesome to do. I, I love it. It's um, therapeutic for you for me, and for, for the guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because people are like, that's so nice of you to do that. I'm like, no, it's, it's, I do it for myself Correct, too. Correct, yeah. Because with my grief, uh, losing a child is, is uh, it's horrific. It's horrible. And for a year, I didn't walk my dog and I did, I did nothing but sit on this couch. And I finally, I don't know, I started volunteering and, and I love I love it. Um, and I do. I just, all my free time, I'm sending emails out to my kitchen, my Cody's kitchen crew, <laughs> which they hate. And uh, we're just cutting up for the, you know, for the owls. I cut little pieces of felt and I have a little crew that helps me. And I love it. And it's so rewarding because the guys are so grateful and we have so much fun. I mean, what's today? So we're recording Tuesday. So Sunday, they're like, oh, Cody's kitchen's coming tonight. I'm like, they're not coming tonight. Well, I saw that they, I was like, I mean, they might, but I don't yeah. think they are. They'll yeah. be here next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And so every weekend they're asking, y'all yeah. are the only yeah. volunteers they ask about. Are we there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we've, uh, I think it's been, it's been great. I think cause I'm literally there every week. Sometimes twice a weekend. Yeah. 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 I love it when we hook up, we do a Saturday lunch mm -hmm. and every man I serve, are you coming tomorrow night? We're having game night. We're having bingo night. We're doing crafts. And so poor and guys. some of them will opt out of going to the outside in a meeting to stay for game yeah, night. Yeah, for game night, yeah. And, but that's, y'all yeah. are the only ones that they'll. Well, and, and even if they if they have a meeting, I'm like, I'm glad you're going to your meeting. Come get some home-baked goods. And they'll come down there. They're yeah. like, do I have time busy, to go down? Yeah. Like, you got yeah. 30 minutes, 20, whatever. Yeah. And we do. We just... I don't have to tell my volunteers anymore, but in the beginning, I was like, you just, you need to love on these guys. Yep. Okay, that's a weird noise. <laughs> just, just love on them. Um, sit down, talk to them, ask them questions. Um, yeah, and that's what I like when I was in rehab. 
you know, just someone to come and have a real conversation yep. with you and yep. not look at you as someone different or right, right. Again, the stigma. Yes. You know, which, you know, everyone that comes to volunteer, the stigma goes away with these people and then they leave. And it's it's amazing um, to see the change in the people that have had no exposure to. Correct. Because a lot of people don't have exposure. No, they don't. My my I have a couple volunteers, one that volunteers a lot. Daughter is in recovery four years. She gets it. She truly understands what these guys are going through. Um, another friend of mine whose brother went to rebound, couldn't volunteer for a year because he passed after Cody. She stayed away for a year and now she comes and And honestly, though, everyone that volunteers is just amazing with these guys. And I said, I want you to I want you to sit with them and I want you to visit with them and I want you to talk to them and ask them about their family and their kids and their um some of them, I have some friends that ask so many questions. I'm like, oh my God. But the guys answer all of them. They're like, yeah. they're all- so some volunteers, which we're grateful for all volunteers, but yeah. some come in, just serve and leave. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a handful yeah. who sit down and talk, yeah. but I mean, really just sitting down, talking, getting to know them and yeah. show them that they're human beings yes. too. Yes. Yes. I, I share with all my volunteers that I, I feel so bad when I watch Cody um, go through what he went through. I didn't understand it at first. I was like, why are you doing this over and over again? And I went to the Harrisburg library and I read and I read and I read, um, because I was like the smart kid, but he's not, look what he's doing to himself over and over again. And look what he's doing to his family. And oh God, it was horrible. And then I started going to AA meetings and then I went to Naranon meetings Mm -hmm. and and I was like learning more and more until I finally, there was a, a sickness. There, there's a doctor, now what her name is. She had a two hour um, podcast that I watched on the way to the beach. And she was the best because she talked in layman's term and I really could understand her and learn that it, it was a disease. Mm-hmm. And then I had so much more empathy for Cody and saw his shame and his embarrassment. Um, through the years because we don't i mean every time when i would get out of jail or wake up after a bender yeah. it wasn't i wasn't happy that i did it oh, it was no. the guilt and shame oh and no yeah this is not who i am not yep. what my family raised yeah. me to be yeah um but it was two weeks later a week later you know i'm back in the same thing and but for me yeah. a lot of it was my peers people i grew up with um you know, were getting really good grades. I wasn't. Then they were getting jobs, beginning careers, you know, steady relationships, then getting married. And um, for me, it was like, well, what am I doing? What's my purpose right. in life? And, you know, so um, it's not something that a individual wants to do or wakes up and say, I'm going to go get high today or no. I'm going to go drink yeah. a, you know, fifth. And it's... It's a disease, just yes. like cancer. It's and- definitely a disease. And, and Cody, I read at his uh, celebration of life, something he said to me, he goes, no one, mom wants to be an addict. Nobody wants to be an addict. He hated it. And after he got out of the two-year rehab, was the longest that he was in recovery. I want to say it was three and a half years. He was doing great. He was working as a chef up at the Biltmore, living with his girlfriend, 
he went back to school, um, made the dean's list, was doing awesome, and then she called us that I think Cody has relapsed. And that was the worst summer of my life because we, oh, it was horrible. She packed up and moved to Oregon, which was their plan. And so his dad and I, who are divorced, were taking weekends going up. And I, and still, I, I knew nothing about any drug use. And mm-hmm. I was telling his dad, we're going to bring protein uh, snacks up there. And I was giving him a list because Cody was losing all this weight. Yes. And we'd fill the refrigerator with all this protein stuff. And then I'd come back the next still weekend. Still You know, and, and he was even thinner. And... um. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And his dad would go up one week and then I would go up. Well, shortly after the girlfriend left and he relapsed, his dog died. So that's another thing that's the golden retriever yep. dog died. So I came I turned around, went back up and took care of the dog with him. And then we didn't know it, but he had got fired from his job. So two big life. Oh, the altering. girlfriend of four years leaves. Or three, the, yeah. Yeah, the dog dies. Um <laughs> And then he got fired and hid that from us. And then going back to the shame and guilt. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Then um, I go up on my weekend and there's an eviction notice on his house that he had rented for all these years. Oh. And so didn't know where he was. So his dad and I, I agreed to pack up the entire house by myself on a weekend. My mom has done that several times for me. Yep. Packed it up. And um Dad came the next weekend and, and took everything to his garage to store. And I was in a Bible group at the time. And I said, yeah, I packed everything up and I left a duffel bag and a suit for um, for when he goes to court. And they go, what? I go, oh, yeah, I know what rehabs will take. So three pairs of underwear and shorts and everything that I know, the you know, and his suit. And they're like wow, how many times have you done this? And they're like, how do you know to think about it? Because I've done this before. And uh, we, we couldn't find him. He ended up, he was in jail. Um, so, yeah. Which, after a few times, that's a good place to be. Oh, like I prayed for him to go to jail. It might sound yes. weird for listeners. It but, does, yeah. And for me, yeah. person who was in addiction, I felt safe yeah. in there yes. because I knew... I was going to be good in there. Well, you can still get drugs in there oh, and yeah. stuff. Yes. Um, he made me quite aware of that, but he, I did. I would be at this point where I'd be like, I would check every morning to see if he was arrested and if he was in jail. And, and that's where you wanted him to be. Correct. Rehab yeah. or jail yep. um, for me. And I mean, it got to the point I've mentioned this before, but towards the end of it, when they were expecting the phone call, my mom was even like, she told me later on, she was like, I was kind of praying that the Lord would just take you home. Yeah. So yeah. we wouldn't have to worry anymore. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've had years of anxiety meds, sleeping pills. Um, it, it is so horrible to not know if your kid's alive. I think the worst time was when Cody, Cody was homeless twice. Mm-hmm. And I would get up out of bed and put my feet on the rug up my carpet and have my toilet right there and my hot shower. And it was so hard for me to, to know that he didn't have that. And then I would drive to work and I always see a homeless person and just lose it on my way to work. 
And that was the hardest for me, knowing he would relapse and, and he was homeless. And for listeners, I know the answer, but why did you not let him come into your house? Or why did you not say, hey, come live with me? Yeah. After numerous meetings and and reading numerous books, um, just learning not, not to enable. Um, Cody always knew we loved him. Um, I always told him that. And he would say it back. But when he went to jail, he knew we wouldn't get him out. And the only way we'd get him out is to drive him to a rehab, which is what yeah. we did. Um, and, and he knew, um, yeah, because the, the trust is gone. And it's, the trust um, is because it takes a while to get that trust back. And yeah, yeah, um, it's um, I finally gotten yeah. it back. And, you know, something I don't want to lose again, because when, you know, and especially when I used to call my mom, it was what's going on? Where are you at? It wasn't, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What are we going to have to do to come rescue? Or oh, what yeah. have you gotten yourself into? What's, go- or- what's going on now? I, I literally tell people that I raised two Cody's. I did. And I know I, what you mean. Yeah. Yep. The Cody that would hug everyone and smile and crack jokes and did well in school. And then the, the other Cody yeah, that was using. And one time when I went up after the girlfriend moved and he relapsed, he had burns on both hands so bad. I freaked out. And I found, of course, he never had insurance. And I found a free clinic in Asheville. Asheville has a lot more free clinics than here. I discovered Hmm. with Cody and I couldn't get him to go. I finally got him to go. And he told me later when he was in recovery, he said, mom, of course he lied about how he got the burns, but he never felt the pain from those burns because he was using the whole time. Yeah. And the burns were bad. I have pictures like all the way through the skin. It was horrible. Yeah. Really. And he he said, I never felt the pain. I'm like, Oh yeah. There was one time, um, for my wrist um and i eventually had to have reconstruction on it and that surgery was in october but the incident happened in march and i could tell it was broken ligaments tendons torn but i was able to get by by using to numb the pain and um i mean i was still working out playing basketball with a hand that needed to be reconstructed yeah (laughs) <laughs> it, I, it was amazing when I looked at those burns. It was horrible. And to know that he wasn't in pain, he wouldn't go to the doctors. And I was saying, Cody, you're the infection, because with burns, I've always heard the infection. And um, he said to me, his right hand was worse than his left hand. He goes, well, I'll just cook with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the Cody, you know, the other Cody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He worked in a kitchen. And and that's why it's called Cody's Kitchen. Yes. You, yeah. Yes. Cody um, worked up in uh, the Biltmore. And then after years of working every single day, um, he moved down to the Fig Bistro right down in the Biltmore, little shopping area mm-hmm. down there. And it was family owned. They were wonderful to him. And he worked there, but he had more holidays off. And it was just, you know... But, you know, he ended up stealing from them. And the second Cody that you talked about raising. Right. So that's not the the, that's the addiction, Cody, that drugs made him do that. Yeah. And it's embarrassing at first because you're like, oh, my God, I raised this kid. 
and I used to get horrible ear infections. And I got one, and I went in my pain meds. There was one pill left. I went up to him, and I said, Cody, because my, my ear infections would hit at any time. They were so painful. He goes, I left you one. And I was like, really, one? For four hours? I was personally so hurt. You yeah. know? I was like, my God, I've raised you. I've fed you. <laughs> Thanks for leaving me one, but that's not going to do you, Jack. Uh, he did lie. He, <laughs> no, he, he did. Because he, he most of the time lied about it. But, um, yeah, it's it's um, the families and what they go through is uh and you know i hate to compare it to families i know that have lost people to cancer or children to cancer you have the medical profession helping you you have insurance you have people bringing you meals cleaning your house offering to drive you here and there <laughs> well people people stay away from people with addiction oh yeah it's um that yeah. stigma again no one yeah it's um I, I did have a lot of people praying for Cody all the time. Every time he relapsed, I'd send out, you know, please pray. But that was about it. Um, people don't bring you meals. People don't. Well, they don't know. They don't know what to do. Um, and honestly, I wasn't eating <laughs> a lot at the yeah. time. But it. But it's it's that lack of support and the lack of resources that his dad and I had no idea what to do. Mm, just but like my family. Hadn't, it was horrible. They learned. Yep. Because. Yeah. You know, what I needed and it was horrible. No, like, you don't wake up and be like, all right, my kid's going to be, right. um, you know, an addict. So I know yeah. what I need to do. If your kid is sick, you have doctors and you have insurance and Correct. you have the medical profession that are educated and are there to help you. Um, but yeah, I, I had no one to turn to. Um, yeah. it was, I actually brought Cody to a, this, when it first happened, I brought him to his regular physician and asked her to drug test him. And she was mad at me. Oh, yeah. She was like, this is, you know, your kid. Are you kidding? Yeah. You know, she gave me a hard time. <laughs> and the drug <laughs> test came back negative. So years later, Cody always, like, told me everything in recovery. My, yeah, my mom, <laughs> she learns true stories now. Yes. And she'll be like, so what really happened here? And I'll tell mm -hmm. her the truth now. But yeah, then so I was, you know. <laughs> his dad was out of town. He traveled a lot. And I found Cody on the floor in the bedroom in the morning, just peed himself all over the place, all over the carpet. So I just assumed it was drugs because I just didn't know. And um, so I brought him up to the doctors and I said, and you can tell me right now. But if you don't confess now, you're paying for this doctor visit. I'm, I'm fine, mom. I'm fine. Well, he he knew it was alcohol, and he yeah, knew I was, was gonna say <laughs> he knew the whole time, and it did. It came back negative, and I was like, "Buddy, what? What? You know?" Of course, years later, he said, "Mom, I was so drunk, I couldn't even get up and go to the bathroom." And I go, "And I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that happened when you were that drunk." <laughs> I was like. I felt such like a fool. But yeah, I didn't. Every time when he was in recovery, I'd hear stories. And sometimes the worst story was he was in Charlotte and had a gun held to his head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, you don't have to tell me everything. You can tell me some good stuff, but, but you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to tell me everything. But yeah, because there's. I heard some bad stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've been robbed. Yeah. I've had. Yeah. There was one time when a gun, and I've shared this with the kids and on previous. Um, episodes but the last time I um, I guess yeah the last time suicide um, I 
got an altercation and someone pulled a gun on me and I wasn't, hadn't been successful. Um, you know, the Lord put people in my way to stop me. And, um, so I was like, well, I can get murdered and, you know, but you put yourself in situations. Um, and yeah, yeah. Luckily the person didn't pull the trigger, you know, cause I gave him ample opportunities to, to do it I, and I antagonized them. And, but then there's times where I was getting drugs and, you know, would get robbed, you know, gunpoint stuff, but yeah, it, it doesn't, that doesn't stop you. Um, unfortunately addict. Cody's gone and I probably won't hear all the stories, but I, whenever he was in recovery, I would hear stories. The first time he was arrested, I was at a workshop in Michigan and for first time, I thought, oh, good, his dad can deal with this. Because as a teacher, I never traveled. Mm-hmm. I was at a teacher workshop, and his dad was in town, so he got to deal with Cody. <laughs> and I called Cody. He was with his dad. And I said, man, it looks like you've hit rock bottom. We really need, oh, this ain't rock bottom. And you're like, God, are you kidding me? And it's just like the denial or the this isn't bad or it won't happen to me. Um, It's yeah. I mean, me facing prison time didn't scare me at all. No, no, no. And then a month later I wake up off life support and that was my rock. Everyone has a different rock bottom and outsiders can look in and be like, how's that not your rock bottom? I know. After going through it, Um, Cody, um, I think that I'm aware of overdosed eight times and towards the end before he died, those last two years, he seeked rehab. He seeked a detox. He asked us to take him. He apologized to us for what he's put us through. And he had not done that for the first like 12 years. Mm. Um, so I saw it as him getting better, um, him realizing, and he's like, mom, I, I, I just gotta stop living like this. And I'm so sorry for what I've put you through. And he would apologize to us. And we had never heard any of that before. Um, and he was homeless here in Charlotte and he said, will you pick me up? I have found a detox center and that I'm going to try and go back to rebound. And he had made the phone calls and he had taken things into his own. Doing the initiative yeah, rather yeah. than y'all yes. finding the treatment Or forcing center. him to, yeah. manipulating him from jail mm-hmm. to, which is <laughs> what we had done. Um, yeah, so I did see that change over the years and he was, he was so tired of, the life that he was living. It's exhausting. Yeah. Little sleep. No one. Yep. No one's trusting you. No. Nope. Nope. You don't have true friends. You know, no money. It's. Yeah. It's very tiring. I look back at how he lived and it was just like, you know, the car breaking down, not having money for rent. He would just keep going and going. At <laughs> bad thing after bad thing. <laughs> and I was like. I go out to my car, my battery doesn't start, and I have a fit. But he would be like thing after thing. And it was all when he was using, of course, you know, because mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking straight. I actually have a picture. He had a covered porch in Asheville where he lived for four years. And he was so proud of his all his tools and how neat and organized he kept it. And I took a picture. And, and then when I returned to pack him up when he had relapsed, I went out there. It was in shambles, I bet. It was horrible, and it wasn't Cody. It was because he was neat and organized and proud of it. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. And, and I would send these pictures 
you know, his sister was up in Chapel Hill. You know, dad and I were divorced, so we would share, I would share these pictures, uh, the pictures of his wounds on his hand healing and, you know, and back to him losing so much time with us. His sister graduated from high school in Durham. Cody couldn't go. She graduated Chapel Hill. Cody couldn't go. She got her doctorate and graduated from Chapel Hill. Cody couldn't go. Yeah, I miss my sister's Clemson graduation. So it's like all these times in her life, and now she's getting married in February, and Cody's gone. And it's sad because he missed so many Christmases, so many holidays because of addiction. Um, so, many, so much family time. It, it, the addiction took him from us. It was mm-hmm. horrible. And even when I was with my family, I wasn't present. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking about the next fix or the next yeah. girl or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of times where I just didn't show up also. Right. Yeah. 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 And I didn't see that till we got him here in Charlotte. Him being in Asheville, um, I wasn't exposed to as, as much. We finally got him to come down here to rebound which I didn't know about rebound for all these years. Someone in my, yeah, someone in my Bible group, um, he was in recovery. He told me about it. So I finally got Cody to move down here and go, which was not easy and, um, experienced more of the homelessness and the day in and out. Yes. And I thought losing sleep and my anxiety meds were strong when he was, you know, it was bad when he was in Asheville it was a lot worse when, yeah, when he was here. Yeah. Because you really think day in, day, he's right here. You can help him more, but no. not the case. And when Cody would use, he would go MIA. So whenever he was missing, uh, the first time, all his friends from Rebound were looking for him. And I knew. And I did. I found him two days later on the prison inmate website. Yeah. But he would go MIA and he would just disappear. Um, that's how I was. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough, but as we were talking earlier, it's the stigma that people have on oh, yeah, addicts yeah. and addiction, and yeah. it's a disease. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel so bad watching Cody, especially towards the end, because his attitude had changed, and he was like, oh, Mom, I hate living like this. And he had finally gotten a sponsor and was really, really working hard. And I really saw how hard he was working. Um, and it just, yeah, it's truly a disease. Um, I cannot hang out with anyone, date anyone, anyone who thinks it is not a disease, but a choice. And that's, it just, I just don't, BS. yeah, I just don't understand that thought. But I always go back to when Cody first was doing this, I was like, why are you choosing to do this over and over again? Um, after the hospital stay, when it got so bad. And I had to educate myself Mm -hmm. because you really don't know unless you're, you know, these documentaries are helping a lot. Yeah. Painkiller. A lot of my friends just watch and like, oh my God, that's what happened to Cody. Um, So the documentaries are educating people who are lucky to have never had this. And for me who used uppers and when I go and speak at schools, I share this because I have ADD and that's another thing a lot of doctors, you know, misdiagnose. Mm-hmm. Um, so in college, I started using Adderall, um, and that was very easy to get. I haven't been on it in 
two years, so it might be a lot harder to get now. Right, yeah. Um, but similar, you know, not a perk or oxy, but an Adderall is a legal meth, basically. Right. And so then turned into Coke and Adderall and Coke, and then later on, you know, snorting meth. And so it's, I mean, Adderall is very slippery slope as well. Oh, yeah, yes, um, absolutely. I know it's all... I've had surgery since Cody has died. And I'm like, God, I really just don't want anything. Yeah. <laughs> I hate pain, but I'm like, just, just give me a real strong Tylenol. <laughs> because when Cody would come home, the two-year rehab, when he would come home, he always had someone with him that had been there longer than him. Um, I forgot what the term is they called it. And the stories that I heard from these grown men, one gentleman had run a business, had a family, and his mother was dying. She was in some rural town and he went to help her. He was by himself. He was a caregiver for his dying mother. He didn't know anyone. And he started drinking. He lost his family. He lost his house. He lost his company. Um, a grown man. and him Who owned a business. And had functioned fine in life and his mom died. And that's what... And, when there's people yep. that are at rebound that didn't start drinking until 40, 50. Yes, and yep. It doesn't have to start when you're a teenager, nope. or early 20s. It, no. I've something heard, that's life-altering can make you, you know, turn to addiction to numb that pain. And grief is a big one. I've heard right. a lot of stories. When Cody, the first Christmas I visited Cody, he was 20. And the psychologist at the rehab came up to me and said, I'm so glad Cody's here as young as he is. And I was like, you're so glad my son's here. He goes, look around. And everyone was my age. And they were grown men. And he goes, no, we want to catch it young. And it, it was shocking. And all these men had stories. Just. I mean, there's CEOs of big companies. Yep. There's yep. pastors. There's you name it. I've been in a rehab with oh, someone yeah. who yep. has or it, even locked up. Right. And it's been really interesting because I asked Cody when he relapsed after being clean for four years or in recovery, I said, what happened? I said, what happened? He said, mom, I was working full time and I decided to go back to college and I worked full time and I paid my bills and I made the Dean's list started. So he got that degree, but wasn't worth anything because yeah. by then he, it was, you know, it's like, so he was, you know, and, and they had taught him that rehab he went to, to have a hobby when you get out, one of his friends started running. Cody picked up a camera mm. and he was amazing. He had a friend that was an amateur photographer and I think they just talked back and forth. He bought a used really nice camera. He took the most amazing photographs and he did that for a long time. And I think that truly helped. But yeah. going back to school. And for me, it's golf. I like yeah. to get out and yep. I played today and it was brutally hot. But, yeah, yeah uh, it was. For me, it's, and I go out generally and play solo. So I get paired with other people mm -hmm. and I can have conversations with them and tell them my story. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, not necessarily educate them, but just, right. you know, let them know that here's my story. And sometimes people open up and share their stories with me, but nonetheless, I'm out there enjoying nature playing yes. golf being out in nature is 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 a good thing i walk my dog now every day and that's when i talk to cody he doesn't have a choice 
listen to me or not. But every day when I'm walking my dog, we have a conversation with Cody. And um, yeah, I'm really trying to. I was really embarrassed when Cody first started using. Um, It is. It was the stigma. And now at my school for the third year in a row, I have asked permission from administration and we have had overdose awareness day. And this year, and wait, and you teach elementary. Elementary, well, it's a charter school, so okay. we start kindergarten and go all the way up to high school. Okay. And the first year, I did the purple ribbons. The second year, I did the purple ribbons and the Hershey kisses covered in purple and the purple flowers. And this year, our new director really got behind it, and he said, he put out, "All right, everyone, you can wear jeans and purple." And so it just gets better every every year. Um, even that kids at that age, elementary school, you know, you don't need to go as depth deep as you can with high school, but you need to start bringing awareness at that age. And they ask, why are you wearing purple? Um, and everyone all through the high school, the coaches, the PE, um, coaches, everyone was wearing purple this year. It was such an emotional day for me. I came home and just like crashed and burned, (laughs) but it's neat. Every year it's gotten better. Um, and, and I feel totally supported and, and I love it because it is, it's, it's spreading awareness to our students, to, to the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, and that means a lot to me that, that my school would back me up and do that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so it's neat. A lot of schools wouldn't do that. No. Every year I buy 200 ribbons and I've had all these left over this year. I had none left over. Like all the ribbons were gone. All the candy goes right away. I'm sure the candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's neat because everyone was wearing purple and and had the ribbons on and yeah everywhere I turned. So it was it was neat that they support me that way. Yeah, and that's so. good that they're allowing you to do that and to bring awareness. Yes. Um, to an epidemic. Yes. You know, that's only getting worse. I feel like it is getting worse, and I think the fentanyl is making it so much worse. When I called nine one one. Cody overdosed here in my home. I called it in as a heroin overdose because that was his DOC, his drug of choice. And that we got the um, toxicology report back months later and it was heroin laced with fentanyl. And that's when I learned about fentanyl um, and how horrible. And there's people that shoot up fentanyl knowing it's fentanyl. And that's because heroin's not enough. They've taken a step up to... And it's, I just, I say to them, you're playing Russian roulette, right? Mm-hmm. It's so dangerous. I have Narcan in my car. I carry it in my purse. It's so dangerous. I know it's, it's, and they're yeah. making more potent stuff out there from mm-hmm. what I've, what I've heard. Yeah. It's, uh, and I feel like the cartel and all those making yeah. are a step ahead yes. of the, um, you know, the drug task and the FBI, all the, yeah, I feel like our, our kids and adults are not being educated on how bad it is out there. It's really the mm-hmm. fentanyl is horrible. And some people don't even know what it is I or mean, how strong it is or how deadly it is and how it's mixed in. Like so even many. kids, you know, most kids, I don't want to say all, but a lot of people smoke weed. Yep. Weed is being laced yep. with fentanyl deadly yeah. and you don't so i mean if you're smoking you might want to i don't test marijuana you, you know because it's literally being in everything yeah i it's and it's so deadly it's it's scary 
that it's out there. Yeah, but I'm glad that Netflix is making these yes, shows to I agree. bring awareness yep. um, yeah. about Big Pharma and the Oxy and, you know, what it leads to. Oh, yeah, these shows are awesome because they are. They're making people so aware of all the... It's greed. Mm-hmm. It's just selfish oh, yeah. greed, and it's just it's killing people. The last show, I can't remember the name of it, but that doctor in that small town was against yes. the Oxy. Yeah. And then he ended up getting addicted to it. Yeah. Um, so before um, we end, what's, um, you know, your, a memory you keep of Cody, of you and Cody and, um, mm, I have so many good memories of Cody. Um, I think one thing before the divorce and we raised Cody camping, we had an art. Well, we started out in a tent <laughs> with Cody. He's a baby. Then we went to a pop-up camper. Then we went to an RV and we just would take the family out. And we had so much fun with him. And I'm so glad that we raised him that way out in nature, um, hiking and camping. He was very loving. He gave the best hugs um, to everyone. He was funny. He was smart. He had a really big heart, really big heart. Um, <laughs> That's the dog. The dog agrees. <laughs> she agrees. <laughs> he was just, he was sweet. He was really nice. Very easy going. Um, how did I miss that? I miss that. I used to love to hang out with him. Um, but yeah, just a great guy. And I have run into guys at rebound that have known him. And there's guys there now that and they tell me stories of you know they would relapse and come back and cody would welcome them with open arms mm -hmm. and i just love to and they say i'm so sorry that i just talked about cody and i said no you're giving me a new memory that i would not have had and i love that so i love when the guys share stories yeah um because those are keepsakes cody. yes he was um he was a nice guy nice guy really sweet guy um so what advice do you have for listeners, um, mm. whether it's with addiction or just something that you've kind of held on to? I feel like um, I totally, any of my friends that go through anything with their children, a, a really bad illness, um, transgender, um, suicidal thoughts, everything that my friends are going through now with their children, I have so much empathy for them because cancer, it's something you really struggle you can't control and as our parents we're supposed to save our kids we're supposed to die before them we're mm -hmm. supposed to be able to help them um and i i just say don't give up hope don't ever give up hope and let them know you love them through everything and just fight for your resources and it's getting better out there the mental health awareness is getting mm -hmm. so much better um which it needs to be yeah um but I just offer them any support and just tell them. But I know I, I feel so bad for anyone going through anything with their kid because you feel you have no control, whereas your whole life you, you had control and then, and then you lose it. And I mean, I at one point gave two local friends, my sister in Texas, I said, if I ever call you screaming, call these friends to come over and get me because I knew that Cody would be gone. And there's this lack of control and the resources, but there's so much out there now. Um, yeah, just to always have hope and, and never yeah. give up and let your kids know you love them no matter what you're going through. Yep, and that means a lot. Yeah. Um, 
They're not afraid to call the right. parent when something happens. Yep. I mean, Cody knew when I was mad. He knew when I was upset, but he always knew I loved him. Mm-hmm. Just because you're mad doesn't mean you don't love him. Right, right. Yep. He always knew his family loved him. So if any listeners want to get involved with game night or volunteering, how mm-hmm. can they um, get in touch with you or what's... Um, I guess, I don't know. I've had people instant message me on Facebook. Okay. Um, I can send. I send them the link and they sign up. I send people, I have a whole script of Cody's story, why I started it, um, that I send to people. And I tell people, you can sign up and come. And if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't like it, you don't ever have to come again. Um, I ask them to try serving lunch. I ask a lot of people, now that we do the monthly events, like that better. (laughs) Because they can truly interact. With the men. They love it. Because serving's a little different than You're in the kitchen. Yep. Yep. And afterwards, we do talk to them and we do visit um, and we do serve our candy, which we're famous for our candy. Yes, yes. <laughs> they we love find our, that in their lockers sometimes. They love our, I know. <laughs> they love our candy. Um, but, you know, I said, there's no strings attached. There's no contract. Please come and try oh, it. Yeah. I, I tell them, I feel like you're going to fall in love with these guys and in this volunteering uh, giving back to the community and it's a way to understand addiction yes, and absolutely what, um yep your neighbors others are going through yep absolutely um, it's so just all good and they can reach out to me and i can put them in contact yep, absolutely because um, volunteering there just means a lot to the guys yeah. um and it makes you um understand and more aware and oh absolutely and there's you, just you so many pluses leaving. to it Oh, I love it. Yeah. We float out of there. Uh-huh. Y'all do. We float <laughs> out of there. All of us were like, oh, we just, we love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one's ever had a bad experience. It's just, it's great. The guys are amazing. Um, they're in recovery. And just recently, two guys were like, oh, Miss Lori, I, I relapsed and I'm back. And I'm like, I give them a big hug and I say, I am so glad you're here. You're supposed to be here. Yep. Glad you're here. Because whenever guys decide to leave, you know, I'm like, I'll be praying for you. Yep. You know, don't use. Um, and I once they leave, you know, I'm like, I hope they make it back. And when they guys do come back, I'm they're like, I messed up. I'm like, you survived it, though. Yep. And you're here. You're here. Or you you're know, supposed to that's be in the past. Yep. You know, exactly. It's part of the journey. I hope you learned from that relapse. Yep. You're where you need to be. So, well, thank you just for Welcome. sharing your story, Cody's story, and helping bring awareness um, on addiction. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you all for tuning in this week, episode 77. Uh, if you want to come on the show, share your story. Uh, if you want to connect, feel free to reach out to uh, the Rabbit Hole Show at 21. Uh, or at G- yeah, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com and then the rabbit hole show all underscores on Instagram. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in um, and be back next week.